0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. It's morning here in Missouri and I'm Trent and Alan is in Texas and uh, I don't know if it's morning when you're listening to this, but uh, welcome to the day and welcome to the Enduring Churches podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's segment.
1: Yeah, Trent, you know, we do a lot where we try to write up um, so much things that we've created, but every now and then we have to steal from someone else and This is one of those days where we're going to steal just a little bit as a springboard um, for a topic because not long ago, uh, Church Answers and Tom Rainer came out with kind of an updated um, life cycle of pastoral ministry. And I thought it would make a great topic of discussion for you and I um, to kind of interact with our thought regarding that.
0: Yeah, I think this is great. Um, and Alan and I both have been through some training and stuff with Tom. And so this is, uh, we, we get some of his information and, um, I think this will be a good topic for us to talk through. And so, um, you know, you've always kind of heard probably, uh, the, you know, that every pastor has a certain life cycle or a pastor, it has a life cycle and, And so, Alan, kind of talk through with us how things have changed in this.
1: Let me run through the list. He says that the honeymoon period is zero to six months, that challenges and conflict are from six months to four years. Acceptance and stability are from year four to year seven, an inflection point from year seven to ten. And that's where things could either go good or really bad. And then after year ten, that it's a great big mystery. And so one of the big changes is we used to think about the honeymoon period as a two-year period. So you could mm. have a two years for this honeymoon period. So the honeymoon is a whole, whole, whole lot shorter than it used to be. And I think, too, that really when you look at it, everything beyond year seven has a great big question mark because the question mark is, will it go good or bad? And then there's really no good evidence or tracking what's going on in most churches after year 10 in a pastor's ministry so there's just a lot of head scratching that goes on what we know really well are those six months to four year times because a lot of pastors are staying in that and for many of them conflict pushes them out of that but for those who withstand that time of conflict there's that kind of sweet spot which is years four to seven we would have said that was probably year five five to seven before
0: Right, yeah, and so all these have kind of shifted a little bit, um, and I think this really fits with our culture, Alan. Things have changed so much in our culture, and we'll talk through this a little bit um, how that has affected each of these um, time frames that we're going to talk through. But let's let's go ahead and talk through a little bit about the honeymoon stage uh, because what you mentioned it has gotten extremely shorter. And I, I can tell you an example in, in my area. I was talking with a pastor and, and it wasn't anything that he did, but his, his honeymoon stage was like a month and, and things just blew up. But I think there were things in the church that were just staged to blow up before he even got there. And so I think there's a lot of that that goes on.
1: Yeah, I think we wrote it like this in our notes. Honeymoons are shorter and might not even exist. And boy, <laughs> yeah, Is that true? I mean, I've lived it, I've been in that situation where I've had some wonderful honeymoon experiences with my church, but I've also been in the experience where it was derailed before it ever began, and not by anything I necessarily did, just because, again, of external circumstances and in the church that it happened. So, you know, in the post-COVID world, there's reasons, I believe, that this is even shorter and let's look at some of those things. So I think one of the things that's happened is there's just a lot of bad processes in finding a pastor so that when people get a pastor, they're not necessarily overjoyed. They're, they're worn out from their process.
0: Mm, I, I really agree with you there on, on that, Alan. And I, that's why uh, I think that most churches don't put a lot of thought into the type of pastor that they need to call that fits well with them. And I I know you and I both, we talk with churches all the time about the need to take a little bit more time. And unfortunately, especially our smaller churches, they take the first guy that applies with a pulse. And man, talk about a horrible situation. Uh, You don't know if that person will be a good fit for your church. And so you do need to think through what your church is like and the needs of your church. I just went through this process not too long ago with one of our churches. Um, And and you've got to do some questioning, you know, what are the, what is the type of church that we are and what type of person and pastor fits well with us?
1: Yeah, this process, uh, I talked to a church not long ago that was going through a pastor search. And one of the people who had been on the search team that had called the last pastor came to me and in tears said, I knew three weeks in to our last pastor that we had made a huge mistake and was just devastated with the results of what had happened and felt like he was responsible for leading the church into some dark days because they didn't make the right hire. So bad processes certainly are part of that. They didn't reach out for any help. They didn't have any guidance. They just did what they thought was the best thing and went forward with it so make sure you have a good process in place for finding a pastor if you're a pastor and you're planning to leave give your church some guidance on how to have a good process moving forward connect them with someone who can help them walk forward through that i think that's yeah. Really important
0: yeah and i i would say especially if you've been a pastor there For more than for, you know, if you're in that four to seven year period that we're going to talk about a little bit more in a minute. um, And, you know, you've got a lot of your folks that haven't been through the process of calling a pastor. You really need to do what Alan just said, and you need to give them some guidance on how to do this, because a lot of your folks may have no clue. and, And they'll they'll get suckered into that fear that, hey, if we don't call someone quick, we're going to be without a pastor and they don't go through the process that, that needs to happen.
1: Yeah, so you, you got you could uh, as a church have a bad process and then we also see uh, today I think there's a lot of unhealthy pastors moving from church to church. And I say that just because the pool has gotten smaller. And because the pool is smaller, you see some of the names over and over and over again. I can go to some of my churches in this this area that I serve And they all get the same resumes and they've all been getting the same resumes for three or four years. The same guy trying to to go somewhere else because he's not done a very good job where he's at. And we want to want you to be a healthy pastor. We want you to be an enduring pastor. But part of being healthy is recognizing the things you do that are unhealthy. And a lot of pastors, sadly, don't correct their unhealthy behaviors. They just move on from them.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. And I I was talking with another leader that works with a lot of churches, Alan, and we were talking about a church that is struggling. And as soon as I mentioned the pastor's name, he said, oh, no, that person killed about three churches that I know of and evidently is in the process of that now. And so, unfortunately, there are some people that are they they're unwilling to grow or maybe they're unwilling to to um, call in help, uh, maybe it's a pride issue, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, there are unhealthy pastors and I, I think there are some good intention pastors that maybe just don't have the leadership skills um, that it takes to be a pastor. Maybe they fit better as an associate pastor or as an administrative pastor instead of a lead pastor. And so there, that's part of that, as we are talking about the process of finding that, that good fit you know and you need to do that as well
1: yeah and i think one other thing that's factoring into all of this is we are in a time where people distrust organizational leaders and that is at an all-time high Uh, people don't trust pastors they don't trust churches they don't trust organizations they don't trust governments they don't trust their electric company or their gas company they just don't trust anybody and we are in on that
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the other other groups. It's not just the church and leaders in church, but um, there have been some leaders in church that have added to that mistrust, unfortunately. Uh, but even if you haven't, you're still getting the brunt of everybody in the culture, their lack of trust. I mean, it used to be that a pastor was was respected even when they first came into the position, you didn't have to spend so much time earning that respect and trust. But now my goodness, you, you, you know, as we think through these stages, you really don't gain that trust and that respect until you've been there for quite some time, just because of the way our culture is.
1: Yeah. So I think those are some of the reasons, Trent, and there are probably some others, but those are some of the big ones I see anyway, as to why honeymoons are shorter. And might not even exist. And then, you know, I think a lot has been done in those areas. That first, you know, three, three to four years. What's going on there? What's going on when a church kind of reach that, reaches that sweet spot? But let's talk about this thing about inflection points because you now seven years into it. So what's going on in these years as you're working on the backside of we've done all these great things, we've accomplished that, and we hit this point of inflection. And what Tom Rainer suggests was that, you know, this is that moment where a church can either really continue to go in a positive direction or it can completely go the opposite direction. And I think that the fact that there's not just a lot of middle ground there, it either continues to improve or it goes the opposite way is a big deal. And I think that that's something maybe we didn't see the church could kind of skate along for a while, but churches aren't skating along on anything anymore. So, you know, what will happen as the church moves in either a positive or negative direction?
0: Yeah, we have this really weird ironic dichotomy, I guess, that you might say that is happening because people distrust and they struggle to trust, but at the same time, they, they look at the leadership so much of a pastor that what you said is true, Alan, that if you don't skate along because everything rests on the pastor. Um, and because of that, you know, it, it's just like, okay, if the, if something changes, even if it's a little thing, things can go drastically good or bad.
1: I think one of the things you're, you're seeing and you're talking about with that trend is we spend so much energy trying to establish that we are worthy of being the leader trying to prove to others that we deserve to be in that role. Then when we get in that role, we're not very good about giving that back to the people mm. it's an area that we've got to get better at, but how do we kind of find our spot where we can stay engaged and we can actually move forward and move ahead in this time frame?
0: Well, and I appreciate you listed some things here on our note today, But and as I look through those and read through them, I I really agree with it. One of the first things that we talk about a lot, Alan, is that ability to be connected with other leaders and other pastors. Uh, You see this all the time. A pastor will isolate themselves, um, whether it's distrust of other pastors or very insecure, that I think that's the biggest part is insecurity. But if you don't have that connection with others that you can talk through your frustrations and stresses, those things just continue to build up because most pastors don't feel like they can share those things with the people in their church. And so that you've got to have a sounding board to be able to talk with someone else about those
1: things. You know, I can think about some churches in our area who saw great decreases um, to the point of almost closing their doors and i think one of the things they have in common is when i delved into those situations i found out that there was a pastor who at one point in time was connected but had grown disconnected from all other pastoral relationships and that is a trend that i see over and over and over again and while i would have to say that's anecdotal from a research standpoint it certainly doesn't seem anecdotal from the practical standpoint so when we disconnected, we're going to run into problems with that. I also think, Trent, and this is one I know you're big on because we're going to talk about it later as well, but you've got to ev- evaluate and reevaluate your own leadership. Once you've been there a while, you need to look at yourself and see what it is that you need to change about yourself.
0: Yeah, I love this example. And let me give you an example to go along beside it. Um, My wife, Dana, and I, we do a lot of marriage counseling kind of things and uh, pastoral counseling. And in those especially marriage situations, you know, you get that that guy said, well, I told her that I loved her when we got married. And if anything changes, I'll let her know, you know, and it's the same kind of picture of a pastor who comes into a church setting and he does the same thing and he doesn't continue to grow. He doesn't continue to uh, look and say, okay, after year one, hey, how how am I doing? And uh, I, I liked having a group that I could not only evaluate myself, but I could ask them to evaluate me and say, hey, what are some areas I need to continue to grow in? I think that's really helpful for a pastor. And you've got to have people you trust to do that.
1: Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. And so you want to make sure... Um, that you are evaluating yourself. And then I think one other area, Trent, maybe we should talk about this more, but our own habits of our own personal spiritual growth. One of the things I see happens to a lot of us, it's been seasons in my life where I've let my, my preaching time be my devotional time. I've let my counseling time be my spiritual time. I've not taken care of myself spiritually and when you're not taking care of yourself spiritually you don't have a whole lot to offer your church
0: Mm, that is so true you can't give what you don't have right Um, and so you know and you can tell i i think that you can tell that by by a pastor's sermons if you if you see over time that the pastor doesn't include um maybe examples or illustrations of things in his sermons, part of it, I think, is because he's not doing what Alan just said, and that is working and growing in his own spiritual health and and being able to draw from other parts of scripture and how they fit together. Um, that it just it affects your your preaching time
1: so much. yeah, this inflection time really is that critical time. And I think most of that falls on us and pastoral leadership and pastoral ministry to see what's going on and to address that and to deal actively with that now the one that is intriguing to me is the mystery of the long tenure there's no trends there's no there's nothing that you can look at and says well this is something that that is happening in churches that have had a pastor for 10 years and i think there's a reason that there's not a lot of patterns um. One, it's not a whole lot of pastors. The average tenure of pastors is nowhere near 10 years. And I think the second reason is because no two churches are alike.
0: I think you're absolutely right on those, Alan. There's so many things that affect that. Um, the church is, all the churches are different. All the pastors are different. You know, your personality affects that so much. Um, whether you're um, able to hang in there and deal with conflict, you've got to be a good manager of conflict. Um, the community has a big part of that. We don't often talk about that. How the community affects the church and affects the church, the pastor's family. Um, the school has a lot to do with that. If the, if a pastor has children, there's so many things, and um, so I, I, there, there's just not that many guys that you can talk through uh, and find out how that works. But. I know, you know, a lot of people think, well, a larger church has a better chance maybe than a smaller church. But I've got a a gentleman that I know of that is, he's graduating, I almost said, but he's retiring after being at the same church for 35 years. And the church is a smaller church. Um, And he has done amazing. He's an amazing teacher and pastor. Uh, So I don't know that there's a large churches versus small churches. I'm not sure that there's a, a one side of that that's better.
1: No, in fact, I would suggest that you would be surprised if we could look at all the numbers. I would think that the the strength of the small church actually kind of shows off a little bit because I think there's a lot of small churches that have had pastors that have dug in and stayed there for a long time. I mean, there's and there's more of them. There's just so many more small churches. So the odds that there's been a pastor that has lasted 30 40 years it isn't as surprising in a church of that size so you know the size of the church maybe doesn't matter also you think about the environment there's rural churches there's urban churches there's suburban churches you also think about some of those areas undergo changes right so that church that was in the inner city you know the demographics change does the church change with the demographics well if it doesn't change with the demographics it is going to dwindle it's going to fade so if they're not paying attention to what's going on the odds are the pastor's not going to be able to have a long tenure because the church isn't going to survive that change you know you think about suburban areas well what is now urban was once suburban Mm -hmm. and those those places go through changes all the time and then sometimes in rural churches they don't change enough for people and so someone wants to move on from there because there's not enough change so you just think that all the environments you know there's a lot of environmental factors that, that go into that you know from the pastor wanting to stay there needing to stay there hoping to stay there the changes in the community all those kinds of things all play into this mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, you know, we talked a moment ago about um, a willingness to evaluate your own leadership and grow in your own leadership, and think about how that fits alongside a change in a community. Um, if a community is changing and the pastor is not willing to evaluate his leadership and how that fits with the needs of the community, um, there's going to be a real disconnect, and the pastor is not going to be able to stay wrong. But if a pastor is continually looking not only at his own leadership style, but also the needs of the community, then he can stay for a long time and and lead his church to go through major changes along with the community if he's willing to keep an eye out and see what things are happening.
1: Yeah, and I think that's good. And when we think about it, when it comes down to that, it really has to do with, is there a fire in your belly? You know that's one of the questions that we ask is there still a fire in the belly are they just hanging on and i think when you've been there a while it is easy to try to just hang on well i'm just holding on but we don't want to just hang on we need to have a fire in our belly and if we don't have a fire in our belly then maybe it is best for us to move on whether that's into retirement whether that's into another ministry context But we don't want to be guilty of just hanging on and going through motions for the sake of going through. motions. That doesn't help the church. That doesn't help God's kingdom. So there's a lot of mystery, a lot of questions that go on with the long tenure. I think we could spend a lot of time talking about it. The problem is it just doesn't affect enough people. There are not Mm -hmm. enough pastors who've been in their churches um, this amount of time. And I think that's a sad reality of our church culture that we have, um, especially here in the United States. That's something I hope we change and something that you and I would love to see changed, which is why we do the Enduring Churches podcast. So Trent, let's let's rehash this a little bit. You talk about needing to reevaluate our leadership every two to three years, uh, rather than every four to five years. This is sped up. That's what you're Mm -hmm. saying. Is that what I'm hearing from you?
0: Well, let me, I guess, kind of explain the principle. I learned this from a mentor pastor. He was an older pastor who had been in his church for a long time. And he taught me that that you're gonna go through a cycle in your church every four to five years where you're going to have to reestablish your leadership and reestablish not only your leadership, but the vision of the church. and to me i learned that and i applied that to my ministry and it's been something that i kind of hang on to but even that i've seen speed up
1: um that yeah we don't want to be guilty of having slow internet in a fast internet world do we trent
0: <laughs> yes i have that and it's killing me
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we do need to recognize that the speed of change is always in front of us. And that might be one other reason, too. We didn't talk about it with honeymoons, but people expect so much change that there's not a whole lot of honeymoon and a whole lot of grace for the changes that are made. They, they either like them or don't like them from the very beginning. And mm-hmm. that again, that's just the speed factor. We're in a, fast, in a very fast world, and sometimes churches don't want to change when they need to change. And then... You know, you think about the rate of speed and everything that's going on. You and I sometimes have a hard time because the speed of ministry comes at us so fast. We can schedule something, but we have to be willing to change on a dime, don't we?
0: Oh, yeah. And you're right, because uh, even the things you think would be consistent (laughs) in dealing with churches are not so anymore. And so, yeah, you've got to be willing to you know, we have to be willing to evaluate and look and say, OK, are we leading people in, in an effective way or are we going to be taking them away from what they need to do? And a lot of that has to do with expectations and churches have changed so much. You know, um, when a new pastor comes on that honeymoon phase you were talking about, there's going to be a group of people that expect change to happen quickly. But there's also going to be a group of people that expect change never to happen. Uh, in your church. And so it's a it's a juggling act. And and sometimes even what we do, Alan, it's a juggling act, depending on the type of pastor or the type of church.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. So I found this to be a fascinating topic. I think our associational pastors, I think we're even going to have a roundtable discussion about this life cycle topic. I think it's a powerful topic. And you may have some ideas that we didn't catch on to. You may see something that we don't see. We would love to hear from you about it. So um, tell us what you what you think. We've got a link to this article um, in our notes, so feel free to click on that. We would love to hear your thoughts on it as well. And again, we're grateful that you take the time to be an enduring church leader with us. That's our heart. We want to see you and your church endure. So we hope to catch you on our next episode. And please share this with someone else. Have a great day.